Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. Today, we are here with another guest. I'm really excited. We're going to be talking with Trieste today, otherwise known as the inner you on TikTok. And I'm really excited. I asked you to do this a while ago, and then we're finally getting to it. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. But I just love to have you introduce yourself to our audience, share a little bit about where you are and where you're, um, you know, a little bit about your work. Yeah. Hi there. So yeah, my name's Trieste, otherwise known as the inner you. I'm on TikTok. I've been pretty active on there for a little over a year. I like to share, you know, funny, silly TikTok videos, but also a lot of stuff about human design, astrology, personal growth, emotional healing. Uh, I also do have a consulting business, Opal Insights, And I offer services in sort of a different way than a lot of readers and energy workers and that sort of thing, where I combine a lot of different modalities into my sessions. So it just kind of depends on what an individual is needing, even more mundane mundane things like um, I'm really good at resource gathering. So if somebody is facing some sort of crisis in their life and they need to know, for example, what sort of options are available to help them in their local city, I'm pretty good at finding information like that and helping connecting them to different resources, but then also combining in astrology and human design and oracle cards and all that um, so that there can be a lot of different options available to help people where they're at. But really my biggest focus I do all that, but also my biggest focus really is education. So uh, really working on helping people learn how to understand these different modalities themselves so that they don't necessarily have to go to a reader. They can actually learn how to do these things for themselves. And I feel personally like that gives a deeper understanding to things like human design to actually be able to understand why things are the way they are. And all of that. Yeah, amazing. I feel the same way. I think that the more that we can help people understand how to use the tools, it like a reading is amazing. And, mm-hmm. and I and that's why I do so. I want people yeah. to get readings. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think the more that we can understand the tool, it's like we can continue to access it. So it's not like you're gonna get a little piece of spiritual information and you're good forever. It's like you're always constantly evolving so being able to show people how they can use that in their like yeah mundane daily life I think is very helpful yeah I was actually thinking of this subject the other day like giving readings versus teaching people how to access the information themselves and I definitely agree that there are certain situations where definitely it's important to be able to have a reader to go to Um, I personally don't like dedicating the bulk of my time with clients to giving actual readings. I prefer to work with people to actually teach them how to do things, but more so that's just my personal thing because um, honestly, for me, it's kind of exhausting to give readings professionally. Like it's a lot, it takes a lot, but I think that it's really important for there to be people that are available 
to give those readings because sometimes people may not really want to go that deeply into things and that's yeah. okay um they may have an emergency where they need help right then and there they don't have time to learn a whole system so that's why I do offer readings in my work that I do um but while I'm giving a reading or while I'm talking to someone about something um I'll be interspersing education so for example if someone is having a certain crisis and they are open to human design and astrology, we're going to be talking about that crisis. I'm going to be helping them on an intuitive level, but I'm also going to be talking about like, hey, these are these human design elements that may help you get through this or, you know, like stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. And where, and are you doing these on like Zoom, like on the phone or yeah. uh, in person? Yeah, Zoom right now, maybe in person at some point, um, but I, I I like online, you know, it's, it's a lot easier and there are a lot of people, you know, that have concerns about the pandemic and stuff still, so that kind of helps eliminate that and less yeah. overhead. <laughs> yeah, that's true, definitely. And like, you know, yeah. you, you're able to help people in other areas and just where you mm -hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, yeah. I'm excited. Um, I wanted to kind of have you on to talk a little bit about human design because, so first of all, I would love you to just explain what is human design, sure. but um, I think it's a really interesting subject. So if people are unfamiliar with it, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about what that is. Um, but you utilize human design and astrology as well as your intuitive skills and cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you kind of mix everything together. Um, and I had you pull up my chart. So you mm -hmm. kind of use my chart to kind of explore and hopefully we can give people some examples on how, if they're interested in like learning the beginnings of human design, how mm -hmm. they could approach looking at a chart. But mm -hmm. I also love to just talk about um, your intuitive work and everything else. So we'll kind of just see where the conversation takes us. But yeah. I think the a good place to start would just be explaining to people what is uh, human design. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I, I don't, I was thinking of this the other day because um, human design was brought to the world essentially through this guy, Ra Uruhu. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Um, <laughs> but um, Ra, I just call him Ra. Um, he had like this mystical experience where the system was basically shown to him over a period of time. And, um, but when you look at human design, it essentially is a combination of astrology, uh, the I Ching um, and like yoga and some Hindu like Vedic sort of influences like the uh, ch chakra system or chakra system. I have a hard time pronouncing it, um, but like the different energy centers, you know, that you find in yoga and such like the throat chakra, that sort of thing. The various centers on the human design chart are very much linked in with uh, our 
the traditional chakra systems. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically a combination of those three, but ultimately human design was a revealed system. It wasn't something that like he went and studied all these different systems and combined them. He had a mystical experience where there were these like little crystal things flying around and like, I think one flew into him and then boom, he just had this wild experience where he just had all this knowledge and awareness and, um, and brought it forward and started teaching it. So it's so like um, a channeled kind of thing. Yeah. Like a channeled sort of thing. Yeah. Like a revealed sort of thing. And the, he, the raw as well as other people in the human design world, you know, various teachers and such, it's definitely not considered a religion or anything like that. It's, you know, more along the lines of being called a system or modality, just like astrology or numerology. So it's definitely on that same level as like astrology or numerology, but it's really a synthesis of a lot of different uh, systems. Um, But one thing I also always like to say and and people within human design say this as well. Ra definitely said this a lot, is that it's not necessarily a one size fits all. So even though human design could potentially help anyone, not everyone is going to be led to it. Not everyone's going to benefit from it because not everyone's going to be open to that sort of system. Some people would work better with a different system. Yeah. 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 And I was saying to you before we started this, like, um, I am interested in astrology, but personally, when I started hearing about human design, the descriptions of it resonated a lot more with me. It was easier for me to pick up on, oh, that feels like true to me than Mm -hmm. astrology. And I, and I think the only main reason with that is because astrology is so complex and human design is too. That's why you're here to explain it to us a little bit yeah but it's there are less design types than there are signs Mm. in astrology so I feel like for me it was easier to begin digesting that information because there was a little bit less numbers I don't know interesting that's really interesting I could see how that could be. Um, I've always kind of thought of human design as being, uh, I don't know if I would say it's more complex than astrology, but I feel like it's more specific. I feel like astrology has the potential to be as specific as human design, but I feel like the like the, it's almost like astrology is this huge universe that's super spread out And like, yes, you could potentially travel to every star and galaxy and learn about each one, but it could take lifetimes. Whereas human design to me kind of, in a sense, condenses all this vast information down into more easily accessible bites. Um, Ra always said that human design was like simple, but complex, I think, or complex, but simple. Um, I may get it switched, <laughs> but it's no, like that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's, it really is like that. And that was a big part for me too. I had been studying astrology since about 2012. And then it was in um, 2015 or 16 that I was introduced to human design. Um, 
where where were you um how did you first come across it I was curious um that's a good question honestly I think from like a podcast or something um I heard about it I think it was on a podcast Mm -hmm. oh I remember yeah it was on this podcast I don't think it's any it's a podcast anymore but at the time it was like really popular in the wellnessy kind of space like that's so retrograde I don't know if you ever listened to it <laughs> but it was fun it was like these two comedian girls and they would talk about wellness and then they have guests on mm. and they had this one person um I think her name's Ashley something and she did human design readings and it was really interesting to me and then like a week later I had a client come in because I also do facials uh, uh I don't know if you know that but I also do skincare. Yeah. so um I had this client come in and I was doing her facial and then she was talking to me about her new business she started and she just started to do human design readings. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I literally just heard about this. So wow. she like sent me an email about my chart, but it was very basic. It was just like, you're a projector. It wasn't like super detailed. And mm-hmm. then I think in 2020, I got a reading from this other person um, and it was interesting, but it was like, they gave me so much information that it was Mm. almost overwhelming so I had like a whole packet of Mm -hmm. like emailed information they sent me like this is your um authority and your lines and all this the Mm -hmm. they talked to me about like food like how you eat food and digestion and stuff Mm -hmm. and it was very interesting but it was like just the formatting wasn't the best for me Mm-hmm. for me it's easier to digest information someone telling me yeah um that's why I love TikTok because I love mm-hmm. videos than like the writing but mm-hmm. I could go back and have that so I think for some people that's really helpful yeah to it's have it in that format it's interesting but, yeah. that you bring that up because um when I had thought about going through the official human design school and get uh, certified because human design, like um, the Jovian Institute or Jovian Archive, whatever it's called, um, is like the official human design organization. And they have a, a, th- a, a program where you can become a certified human design uh, reader and that sort of thing. And I really didn't feel led to go that route. So I always do let people know like that yeah and I'm not certified and I don't really want to be because it the the mainstream human design is kind of regimented in a sense and pretty much any reader like you probably got what's called a foundation reading which is very in-depth but for the average person that doesn't really know a whole lot about human design it's really to me very overwhelming and I was like, I know I thought it was a dry (laughs) kitchens. I don't like, I don't know what that means, but yeah, (laughs) I know that that's me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It was was a little overwhelming. Um, and then, you know, I see so many people on Instagram posting like little infographics, Mm -hmm. like projector line, like this is your thing that's happening to you right now. Mm -hmm. Like kind of like applying the information to what's going on collectively, Mm-hmm. And those are interesting, but I never understand. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not in uh, depth in the knowledge enough to get what it, what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen those? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I've been trying to, uh, working on, at least when I had my series of human design, which. Oh, you cut I, out for a second, I think. Oh, 
Uh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Um, so I was just saying that that's sort of what I was working on with my human design series on TikTok was to make things a little bit more accessible and more bite-sized because it is really overwhelming to try to figure out what does this chart mean? You know, what does this all mean? Even uh, so uh, there's so much information out there for yeah. sure. But I know you were asking um, earlier, like how I got started with human design. Yeah, I'm very curious. Yeah, I had been um, like uh, studying astrology since about 2012. And little by little, I was kind of learning it by osmosis, you know, because it was so overwhelming. And I would just do people's charts. And I would kind of learn that way just by doing people's charts, I would learn different things. And I was living up in Denver at the time and met a girl and we went out and she asked me randomly, have you ever heard of human design? And I said, no, I've never heard of it. And she said, well, it's like astrology on crack. And I said, <laughs> sign me up. This sounds fascinating. <laughs> and she was actually kind of negative towards it. Um, and, and for the reason that I've seen a lot of people, when people latch on to the different type names, like manifest or projector, and they assign like their layman English meaning to it. And they'd be like, well, why aren't I a manifester? I want to be a manifester. That's the best, you know? And, and then they don't realize, well, that doesn't mean what you think it means. You know, it's not really like what we say when we're talking about manifesting. That's not exactly the same in human design. Yeah. So she was kind of off put by the titles. And um, she was like, yeah, I'm not really into it, but you could check it out. Maybe you'd like it. And I loved it. It, it just blew my mind. Um, I had been dealing with a lot of health problems and I actually had been on um, disability for a few years at that yeah. time because I was burnt out. I experienced projector burnout, but I, at, before I had no idea what a projector was or what projector burnout was. Um, but it, it really helped me. It helped me physically heal mentally, emotionally. It helped me really break through a lot of things that I've been working on and not understanding, like, why am I like this? Why do I struggle with this? Things that didn't make sense suddenly made sense once I started experimenting and studying human design. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So when you do a reading for someone, like you would pull up their human design and their astrology chart it, it really depends or just depends on what they need or what they're looking for yeah that so usually I will always look at both so if some and it's it tends to be more like that people usually have something going on in their life like for example they might be struggling with school trying to find a new job so kind of depending on why they are having a hard time or like what it is, like, where is the guidance? What sort of guidance are they looking for? What are they trying to change in their life? Because, you know, usually if someone is getting involved in something or looking for something, there's something going on that kind of spurs them. Um, it might just be like emotional healing. Uh, that's a big thing that I definitely, that's like my primary focus is helping people, um, heal various trauma wounds, emotional wounds, um, helping, helping them get in touch with who they really are so that they can really live the life that they want. Um, 
and utilizing things like human design and astrology. So it just kind of depends. And also if the person is more interested in one thing or another, then I definitely can focus in on one thing more than another. Like some people don't want to use Oracle cards. Some people aren't into astrology and, you know, it's just kind of flexible that way. So that we can use different things depending. Yeah. Yeah. So with the human design, it's like basically the same as astrology, you would use people's birth chart information, like they're the time they were born. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The information. Exactly. The same sort of birth data is needed, you know, time, time with birthplace um, and date. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just curious, like as an intuitive person, do you feel like um, when you are like, just like connecting with someone, do you feel like oftentimes when, once you pull up the chart, it will give you kind of like confirmation on some of the like messages that maybe you were picking up on? Oh, definitely, definitely. And I, I think it has to do both with intuition and then also, uh, becoming like the the more that I study astrology and human design the more I feel like I'm spotting certain elements within people and recognizing oh I bet they're a projector or they seem like a manifester just sort of the same way that someone might say oh that person seems like they're a Scorpio or they look like a Pisces sort of thing yeah yeah that's so interesting I bet there's I bet you like too like just years looking at these charts like both the mm-hmm. human design and the astrology like being able to recognize some patterns and stuff between like different age groups and mm-hmm. things like that have you noticed anything like that um not off like emotional that's stuff well the most of the people that I work with tend to be my age or younger, although sometimes I do work with people that are a little bit older than me, um, like in my parents' age range, you know, so I'm 45, and then I have kids that are uh, 20 and 21, so a lot of times I work with, like, I help, you know, my girls with things they might be going through, um, and then they have friends that I do readings for as well, and um, a lot of the different people tend to be 20s to 30s to 40s pretty much but when things are going on in the world um I definitely am sometimes looking at different generational things one thing I've been getting into a lot lately is Chiron and the different sort of uh elements that can really show up depending on a person's Chiron placement but I haven't really looked to see where that overlap shows up in human design. That would be really interesting to look into as far as just curious. some of those things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's interesting. I yeah, definitely... I'm just curious if like certain age groups, like uh-huh. at least with astrology, I know we have like our outer planets that are more like our generational mm-hmm. connections. Like for me, I'm 32. So a lot of people are like their Pluto's and Scorpio, but like the younger people I think are Aquarius. Mm, yeah. So then that's kind of like these generational shifts. So I'm yeah. curious if like they there's do have- a certain more amount of reflectors in a different generation or things yeah. like that. I'm well, just- I don't believe that there's a different percentage of like projectors versus, I think it's pretty much 
across the board pretty average, but I could be wrong. I don't know that for certain. But one thing there is, is there is the incarnation cross um, and that tends to be more generational. So the incarnation cross as far as, or at least certain time periods that, um, you know, like you have the vessel of love too. And I honestly am not a, uh, expert when it comes to the generational yeah I'm just curious <laughs> yeah it's and there's so much to look at it too like yeah you know there's so many different things that we can explore yeah I tend to focus a lot more on um well definitely when people are new to human design you know we were talking about kind of like breaking things down into bite-sized pieces. Yes. So the first thing, if someone's interested in human design, the very first thing they'd really want to focus in on, um, and this is not just coming from me, but this is something Rob would teach and a lot of people within human design, is the first number one thing is to really get comfortable with your strategy and your authority. So, you know, as a um, projector, the strategy is to wait for the invitation um, and that's really more so for big issues. So you've probably heard of that. Wait for the invitation. Yeah, I have. And I feel like <clears throat> I feel like it can be somewhat misconstrued, like mm -hmm. in my mind or in the collective of like, that means that you don't have to do anything until someone exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely and a lot of people get really upset and think does that mean that like I can't do anything like I have none of my own free will and I'm just a puppet waiting to be asked to do something and that's not at all what it is um all of the different aspects of strategy no matter if you're a projector a manifester it doesn't matter but strategy ultimately comes down to how you make big decisions. So it, it's not always going to be about just regular everyday life. It's, all, it's definitely going to be your big decisions. And it can be about everyday life. For example, trying to figure out if you want to maybe, I don't know, like go on a date with someone. That can seem like a small thing, but it could have really far-reaching you know, consequences or benefits. So, um, but it's really more so geared towards big things. So we talk about it impacting things like marriage, uh, starting or ending relationships, starting or ending a business, changing jobs, um, looking like trying to get a promotion, going back to college, uh, going to college in the first place. Um, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, really yeah. move, moving. That's another big one moving. So that's a lot of what it's all about. So a projector definitely can, for example, a projector can start a business without anyone inviting them to. But when it comes to um, like trying to drum up business for that business, it can change a little bit, you know? So a lot of times, depending on a person's authority, um, that's going to come into play. And I can talk about that in a moment, but um, a lot of times with projectors, I'm a projector too, um, we're kind of guided or advised to, how can I put this? Um, do our own thing. 
and just, you know, basically do what you feel led to do. And a lot of times that's where your authority comes in and kind of helps guide you on what you want to do and what's right for you to do. Um, And then as you're doing that, those opportunities come in. So for a a projector specifically, those opportunities, uh, invitations would arise. And so someone might ask you to do this or see if you want to do this or say, hey, can anyone do this? You know, I mean, different that's, things like that's that. That's how this podcast happened. You're exactly. just showing up on TikTok and I'm like, hey, I like this person. I want to come on my podcast. Exactly. That's a very perfect example. Yeah. I wasn't like seeking out like, hey, I want to be on a podcast. I was just doing my thing, making TikToks, talking about human design. <laughs> so yeah. that's a really good example. Um yeah. So with the, so just to break it down for people a little more. So there are what, how many design, there's four design types. Technically, officially there are four, but uh, most people tend to think of there being five because they add manifesting generators. Okay. Yeah. So do you want to just share what those are for us? Yeah, uh, sure. The, what? Uh, the names are. <laughs> yeah. Do you want just the names or also to briefly talk about the, like the strategy? Yeah. Maybe just share the, the fourth or the five types mm-hmm. and then a, just like a brief kind of explanation of like, yeah, the authority, what that means for people. Mm-hmm. Sure. sure. Um, and yeah, so I am a projector and so are you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So the, um, so the, I'll start with reflectors. They're the most rare uh, reflectors. I don't even think I've ever met a reflector in person. That's how rare they are. Um, so a reflector, their authority, or I should say, I'm sorry, their strategy is to uh, wait a full moon cycle before making any big decisions. So about 28 days, they need to wait 28 days. And um and during that time, their uh, strategy is that they're going to be kind of talking it over and thinking about what they think. And, you know, they do all these different things to come to that conclusion after 28 days of what's right for them, because basically they have to go through all of the different phases of the moon and feel how they feel about that opportunity. So on one day, they might feel great about it. And then two days later, the moon changes, you know, signs or, you know, changes its placement and they feel differently, you know, and then, so they really have to go through those ups and downs of the full month before they can really have that clarity of what's the right decision for them. Um, and then, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I know. Can you imagine? Like (laughs) I I can't, I I can't imagine (laughs) a lot of times people, don't want to be the side, the type they are, they say, that's boring. I want to be this or that, but every type has its challenges and its blessings. You know, every type really does have really fantastic parts and parts that sometimes are a little hard because that's just life. You know, none of us have it 100% easy. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, projectors like you and I projectors are uh, supposed to wait for the invitation. And so basically just do their own thing, do what they feel led to do and live their life. And then 
wait for invitations to come through. One thing I've discovered as a projector over the years is that invitations are not always verbal. Sometimes they're energetic. So one big thing I've noticed a lot is that I can go to a place and I can energetically feel the invitation or no invitation. And so that's something that's not really always talked about in mainstream human design, but it is not always verbal. Um, sometimes it's more of an energetic thing. And so when we can develop that sort of um, perception of the more subtle, nuanced sorts of ways that we're invited, it's not always a literal invitation, um, but a lot of times it is, you know, in one way or another. And then generators and manifesting generators, they, their uh, authority, 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 yes, no, strategy. <laughs> I have an open head in Ajna, so I get confused about exact <laughs> things really easily. So I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> there's nothing in my head. Um, the uh, uh, strategy, the strategy for generators and manifesting generators is to respond. And that could be responding to life, responding to words, things they see, music, things they hear. Uh, generators and manifesting generators basically are living their life and are literally every second responding to stimuli and everything around them. And so basically a lot of times they may not, like if they were just in a vacuum, they wouldn't be able to access their energy. They have to connect and basically engage with something outside of themselves and be able to respond to it of like, ooh, that sounds interesting, or I want to do that. And that's what kind of helps them on their path. Um, so yeah, basically manifestors, reflectors, generators, projectors. Is that all for? I think I said all four. And the manifestors. Yeah. Oh, manifestors. We didn't do them. You got the manifestors. Yes. I but there's a, a more, is there more manifestors than there are the rest of them? Or which, I know one of them, there's a larger generators. percentage. Generators. Yeah. yeah. Most people are generators. Yeah. That's the most common. So projectors more rare. And then I think mm -hmm. the reflectors are the rarest. Yes. Reflectors are the rarest. And then I think I'm pretty sure manifestors are the second rarest and then projectors. Okay. Yeah. Cause projectors are at about 22% of the population. Okay. Yeah. So we're definitely not nearly as common as generators. I don't know the generator percentage offhand. I want to say it's like 76 or 67%, something like that. It's pretty high. Um, majority be, of people yeah I'd be curious to know like too if there's like it's I don't know why but everyone that I've met that is a projector is also happens to be like a medium or a psychic and I don't yeah. know if that's just because oh. I am meeting a lot of people who are mediums and psychics yeah. oh no, but no, no I'm no. like it I feel like a there's a big thing. connection <laughs> It is 100% a projector thing um, because a big part of what human design is talking about when we're talking about types is actually talking about aura types. And in human design, the aura is what kind of picks up information from the world, from other people. And so 
projectors are 1000% very psychic, especially if they're either communicating with someone one-on-one, -on -one, but even more so if they're in the same space as someone. So like a, a projector can have that one-on-one -on -one intuition with someone just when they're talking directly to someone. But when they are in the same room as someone, then forget about it. Like they are psychic as fuck. <laughs> and that's because the projector aura is like an arm. So it, and you know, auras um, in the, you know, I know different um, groups have different ideas about auras and how they are, but in human design, you know, they talk about the aura basically extending a certain way around the body and having a certain shape. And so the shape of a projector's aura is like an arm coming out oh, really? like this. Yes. And so when you get close enough to someone, you're literally poking your aura into someone else and just accessing all of this information. So projectors are super duper um, empathetic, able to really read energy very easily, able to be very telepathic a lot of times. Um, it's very interesting. Um, and it can be good or bad, you know, like, I need to pull up my parents' <laughs> charts now that I'm like thinking about this. I gotta pull up my parents' charts. I'm yeah. curious what they are. <laughs> yeah. It's, do it's you, really do you know what your family is and stuff? On my parents, um, I don't have, I think my mom is a manifesting generator, but I don't recall what my dad is uh, or was, he passed. Um, my daughters, though, I have one that's a manifesting generator and one's a manifester. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> and you said they're in their 20s. Yeah, they're, they just turned 20 and 21 recently. Yeah, so are they into all the kind of like magical yeah. stuff? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I raised them from a very, uh, you know, I raised them my whole life, a single mom pretty much. And, uh, I always told them you can believe whatever you want to believe. I was very open about that. I always was very open about what I believed and also my history. Cause at one time I was very Christian. And so, you know, I was really open-minded with, them. my, my, uh, manifestor daughter when she was five, she went to kindergarten and there was someone um, bullying her. And she said, you better watch out because I'm a real witch. <laughs> and if you don't leave me alone, I am going to put a curse on you. Oh my and gosh. I was so, I never did stuff like that. Never talked about curses or hexes. I've never been into that aspect of witchcraft. <laughs> oh boy. But she just came up with that like that's so it, funny it's very that. funny yeah <laughs> yeah so manifestors the type uh, for manifestors their uh, uh strategy is to inform so they just need to let people know what their plans are so some people are kind of like oh they got the best deal of all because they can do whatever they want they just have to tell people what they're going to do but people don't realize that that is so hard for most manifestors, especially if they weren't raised understanding their human design, because most manifestors, that's the last thing they want to do. They're very independent. They're very headstrong. They're very unique. They, they are, their ideas, what they come up with is really off the wall for most people. And so most people like, whoa, what are you saying? 
And that's how it's supposed to be because manifestors are really supposed to really rattle things up and change things. And if they said, hey, I want to do this and everyone was like, oh, that's a great idea. That would almost be like, oh, yeah, it, you know, it should be different and weird and crazy and out there, you know, Um, that's. I'm curious if there's like, if like any historical, you know, like Martin Luther King or like someone like that who made these big changes that weren't Mm -hmm. really like viewed as positive at the time. I'm like, maybe they were manifestors or, you know, I think that could be interesting. Yeah, that would. But it's hard to get people's, like, you know, the 60s is one thing, but further back, it'd be harder to get people's, like, birth information. True. And then some signs, um, like, I want to say projectors were a more recent development. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. And I don't know if it has to do with, I'm not 100% sure on this, if it has to do with when certain planets were discovered, but... Mm. Um, or if it was something else, it's an aspect of human design. I don't fully, I haven't really studied is that different types were not around at certain times. And so I'm pretty sure it's projectors that are one of the newer or the newer type, the newest type. I'm not 100% certain on that, but like the different types, they weren't always all here. So that's kind of different. Manifestors have been here for a long time because manifestors are like consider a lot of times historically were said to be like the 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 rulers the they were the old school rulers in kind of how we did society in the past and now that we're evolving into new ways manifestors that's not really their role anymore but they still kind of want to do it but now they're they have the opportunity to do it in different ways they can be those trailblazers in different ways it doesn't have to be like i'm going to make an empire and you're all going to listen to me <laughs> yeah oh that's so interesting yeah um well i think maybe we'll pull up my chart and then we can sure. kind of have you first like kind of just explain visually like if someone were to look at a chart there's all these arrows, there's all these things, like what kind of just explaining to people what they're looking at. And then maybe we can talk about my chart um, mm-hmm. and just some information about like the centers and all that. Anything yeah, that you good. think would be valuable for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you sent me an email. So I'm going to um, do a little screen sharing and see if I can pull it up. Okay, here we go. okay so let's see get all this out of here my dance classes <laughs> my selfies let's see okay here we go can you see it yeah okay perfect and then I see you okay awesome. awesome so what you guys are looking at is and if you're on the audio podcast you can watch this on YouTube and you'll see the video but um this is my birth or my human design chart so what I gave you was my birth information when I was born where I was born and then you pulled this up so this mm-hmm. is um is this like a website or like an app that people yeah use? So there's a couple different places you can get a free chart. I use a genetic, this is from Genetic Matrix. 
Um, and they definitely give a very in-depth one. Another really good one is mybodygraph.com. So those are the two that I usually use the most often. And they both have free and paid versions, but you can definitely get your chart like this just through the pay, uh, free version. So cool. it's a good, good way to start out. Yeah, yeah, I've done, um, I did one that was just like myhumedesign.com or something like that. Yeah. But this one has more information than the one I use. So what okay. we're look like the it didn't have um the lines, it just had the centers on it. Oh, okay. So what we're looking at is, and I'm kind of circling around here, is there's a little body and then there's all these different shapes on here, and then there's all these different lines meeting up. So yeah. basically, this is a visual way for us to understand the chart. So I just love to have you kind of like, and of course, we know this is very complex and people mm -hmm. could study this forever. So yeah, very <laughs> simply, like sure. kind of just explain to people visually what they're looking at, like with these different centers. Yeah. And then maybe yeah. a little bit about the lines, how, you know, we see some of them are not filled in some of them exactly. are yeah. um and yeah, then you know there's all those numbers yeah <laughs> what the hell is all that so exactly. maybe just a kind of brief way for people to look at it and if people want uh -huh. to go um on their own and pull up their chart so they can look at it at the same time you guys can pause it mm -hmm. do that and you'll have the info but otherwise you can just follow along with my chart yeah, for sure. And then um, one thing I wanted to mention is that anyone seeing this or listening that wants to understand their chart better, a lot of the information that I'm going to talk about, you can find the details for your specific chart online for free. And so once you kind of have a basic understanding about what you're actually looking at here, it's a lot easier for you to be able to look up like a particular channel, like for example, um, the 1333 channel, and then you actually know what to look for. And then you can read, um, you can read what that means and kind of explore your chart more in depth. So basically to get started here, all of the different shapes here, the triangles, the squares that you're seeing here, those are called centers. And the very top one here is the head center. And then the one below that is called the Ajna. And the one so below that's like that third eye kind of. Area. Yes, exactly. So um, the head is, uh, I actually had a little cheat sheet here. Let me go over there because there's no way I could memorize all this stuff. Oh, yeah. No, we don't. Really <laughs> <have to> do. <laughs> um, where did it go? And there's all sorts of apps and stuff nowadays oh, yeah. too. So it's like, I would just encourage people to start the free stuff, maybe oh, they yeah. get a reading and then see if you want to explore the apps. Um, yeah, exactly. You know. <clears throat> so, you know, just briefly, the head is dealing with inspiration sort of stuff coming in. Uh, that's the top triangle. And then the Ajna is where we sort of conceptualize things. So you can think of the head as taking in information like the crown chakra and then the Ajna sort of making sense of what we're taking in. So they are linked. Um, and the two together basically sort of comprise what we think of as the mind. But in human design, we separate out the Ajna and the head. 
And then the throat. Do the colors yeah. have any uh, significance or are they the same for everyone? Like how it's kind of light green and then dark green? Yeah, it just depends on the chart creator. So it's not oh, Okay, really... so it's not like a, does it have a divinatory yeah. meaning or anything? Yeah, not those outline colors at okay. least. Um, but the red and the black definitely have meetings that we can get to. Yeah. And so then the throat is that square there and that's dealing with expression, communication, all that normal stuff that you expect with the throat. And then the square below it, this, yeah, that one that looks kind of like a diamond, that's the G center. Lately, a lot of people call it the identity center. So it's um, same thing, G center, identity center, they're called the same. That's kind of talking about who you are in this world and your path. A lot of times it's leading to like what you do. So it's who you are and what you do in this world, in this life. And then, is that more like the heart space kind of, or like a uh, little below it? So or not connected? It, yeah, as far as what it connects to, whether it's like the heart chakra, it is in that same region. Um, but this is where the it is like sort of the chakra system that we're more familiar with, with a more Hindu and uh, in you know, East Indian sort of India uh, traditions and cultures, uh, yoga, all that. Um, but it's not exactly like that same type same, of shit. Exactly, as far as where <laughs> it is. It's similar though. Um, and, and then, then the we heart. have this little thing. Yeah, so that's the heart center in human design. Okay. And that that's dealing with um, your ego and your willpower. And also uh, it can be linked with relationships and that sort of thing. And then the square that's there in the middle, yeah, right there, that's the sacral. And that's dealing with your life force energy and a lot of your energy for getting things done. Um, and then below none that- of my, None of mine, I don't have anything. When are all empty? <laughs> Well, but that's okay. But that doesn't mean you don't have energy. It just means you don't always have energy. That's true. So we have this one and then below it's another square. Yeah. And for people that are listening, uh -huh. I'm showing you guys this on the video, what we're talking yeah. about. So if you're confused, yeah. go to the video. <laughs> so below that is the root. And that's dealing a lot with our sense of security and also um, the pressure of living, like the pressure to live, ad um, adrenal glands, that sort of thing. Uh, and then to the left of that um, is your spleen, and that's dealing with awareness and also immune system. That's a really big one. So um, it, people that have an undefined spleen, I've known, I used to date someone with that. And it's, it really can manifest in interesting ways. You're probably, if not currently in the past, we probably really struggle with being a germaphobe sometimes, or maybe feeling very uncomfortable around people that are sick. It may not even like That's you may, you may consciously like, not like logically, you're like, yeah, I know that I'm safe and I'm not going to get sick, but you might just feel this weird feeling in your body, like this discomfort, like in your lower back, almost like where you just feel a little bit like skeevied out, 
when you're around extreme illness or like almost always afraid that you're going to somehow catch it or be impacted by it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really interesting because the spleen center is the original uh, sort of intuitive space of humans, at least from the human design perspective. So that that fear was very much a um like a very ancient thing, you know, because if you were around someone that was sick, of course you need to be afraid of them. You don't want to get sick. (laughs) So it's like, there's a reason why you have that fear and that feeling, but yeah. And then I feel like that makes sense to me. Like I'll be, Mm -hmm. um, I'm very particular about like, I have to wash my dishes and put them in a certain way. And then like if my sibling, Mm. like I love my sibling and yeah, like, if they do it, like I will clean it, like again, <laughs> like, yeah, kind of stuff. Like I have to, and at work too, at the spa, like um, ver- mm-hmm. I like sanitize everything, and I'm very mm-hmm. um particular about that. Um, and as a child, I definitely had a lot of fear around oh, um, illness and sickness, and I had some weird stuff with with my actual spleen. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. yeah, and you see how you have no circles on any of the numbers there that means that center is completely open you don't have any of your gates defined there so um that basically i I could say briefly because i maybe uh yeah and then we can go to the other last little center there but um so you what happens when you have no definition and definition is when we have an area colored in so and that so area, it, does that mean like how the circle like how these numbers are colored in or more like the lines that are connected to it both both okay yep it could be either or because if you look at where the numbers are colored in they mm-hmm. are when when the number is colored in the line is also colored oh in. okay yeah I see what you mean. yeah um because what the lines are called is channels and so for each channel you have a gate, which is the numbers on either side of the channel, connect basically connecting. You could think of it as the channel being like, say you're a, like a river or something or a road and you have the starting point and the ending point. You know, you have the place that connects them to or that the channel connects the two. So on some of these channels, you only have half of it colored in because mm-hmm. you only have one number colored in. And on the other side, there's the channel isn't colored in and the number is it doesn't have a circle. So that basically means you have like, it's called a hanging gate. Um, so it just means that, you know, you just have half of that. Um, but that really comes into play in relationships, into connections you have with people. Because if you meet someone who has the opposite one colored in, then that means you're going to have a strong connection because you guys basically complete, you complete each other. I got to pull up everyone's chart that I know. Yes, yes. Because (laughs) it's like, you'll see it for friends, family, coworkers, bosses, you'll see, and sometimes you won't and you'll be like, oh my gosh, no wonder they're so boring. Um, (laughs) No, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, um, and it it really shows you, those are like the really spicy, fun dynamics that you'll find 
Um, and then there's other ways that you connect with other people as well. But definitely when one person has one side and one has the other, if you guys happen to know each other, it's you guys, when you guys are together, you go, you both get to experience what it's like to have that whole channel defined. Mm. Um, and, and so when we talk about definition, like the color, the areas being colored in and white, all that means is that those areas that you have colored in, it means you have consistent access to that energy. It means that no matter who you're around, what day it is, you have that energy in yourself, in your body. Um, where I'm trying I, to look at mine. I'm like, do I have any? Yeah, you have a ton. <laughs> or I have here, yeah, in the yeah. middle. You have one, two, my- three, because you have at least three. I wrote down all your defined channels. I, I know you have at least three. Um, and so when you have it open or uncolored in, that means that you're open, you're going to be conditioned by um, your situation. So, for example, who you're around. So let's say that, like, do you see that square down at the bottom? This with one? The five? Yeah. And you see the five right there? Yes. Okay. So you don't have that colored in. But um, actually, I think I actually do. Um, uh, oh yeah, this yours. Sorry, I'm looking for all my notes here. Oh, no worries. <laughs> oh yeah, I actually do have that. So that is a good example. Okay, so you have the 15 and I have the five. So what that means is that the different things that that five represents, when you and I are talking, you're being conditioned by my five energy, because you don't have any five energy on your own. Mm. So because I do have the five energy, when we interact with each other, then you get to experience my five energy for yourself. Um, And like vice versa, I don't have the 15. So I get to experience the 15 energy, which is across from the five there. I get to experience that when we're talking because I don't have it. So I'm being conditioned by your 15 that's defined and you're conditioned by nine, by mine. Mm. Conditioning is not always negative in human design. We think of it as a negative thing, but it really isn't. Um, All it means is that conditioning is really only negative if you believe it's who you are all the time, like who you are at your core. If you understand that it's just that sometimes you get to access that energy because you're around someone that brings that energy to you, then great. You can work with it. You can use it, like use that energy while you have it, but then don't be sad when you're at home by yourself and the energy is no longer there. That's where the problems arise is when we start to doubt ourselves and demean ourselves and say, oh, we're horrible. We can't do anything because we're too focused on the energy that's not ours and not focused on what we are. And so Mm. that's really like a big part of what I do and how I help people is recognizing like, hey, you know, you're, you're focusing on this thing that's not even you, whereas you have all these wonderful things to help you. Like this stuff is actually you. (laughs) 
sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like to conditioning, it's just like, <clears throat> I think like the word, excuse me, I think like the word influencing or something could be better. Like we're influenced by mm-hmm. each other, but we're not mm-hmm. necessarily like, we don't have to shape and change ourselves mm-hmm. based on other people. Like mm-hmm. we could benefit from their energy. Like you're, you're saying, like you can create this type of energy together, mm-hmm. but then when you're alone, like you don't have to continue to try to be that. Is that what you mean? Yeah, essentially? Yes. Although I would say that I don't know that you can remove yourself from the influence when you're Mm. in that space. I don't think it's really a conscious choice. Like, so in that sense, I think that's why conditioning is used, but I do like the idea. I think we could use influence as a word too. I like that a lot. Um, But I I suppose the reason they use conditioning is because it's not something we can really control. It's like astrological transits. You're going to feel it, but how you choose to use it is up to you so that's something key Mm. it's like it's gonna be there but how you choose to interact with it is your choice so Mm. that's definitely a thing um and that's the other thing that can condition us or influence us is transits so even if you're completely by yourself if a transit day something's going on like with planets and such you might have one of your open or undefined, you know, uncolored in areas, you might actually have it colored in just because of the day it is. So that's something oh. to keep in mind too. Oh, okay. So it can, the chart changes like how our, our birth chart won't change, but we can look at our chart through time. Is that exactly, exactly our transit. So depending on how it's really like how, it doesn't change anything about the chart, like the birth chart, the uh, human design chart stays the same. It's really just how are the transiting planets impacting that chart? Oh, okay. you know? yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, that's something really important for people that um, do have a lot of uh, centers that are open because a lot of times people do see that. And like in your situation, you see, you only have two centers um colored in and that might make you feel like oh boy like what am I working with here (laughs) but that's really not at all what it is it's just to know how best to access the energy and to recognize that if you feel like you don't even have to look at your chart to get this like you'll start to just recognize it that in certain when you're around certain people you might feel a certain way and it might really help you be like stay more productive and then when you're not around them, you don't feel that level of production anymore. And so just make sure that you're not ever beating yourself up. I know from looking at your chart that you don't really struggle with that so much. You're actually probably really good at recognizing that you just don't have certain energy on times and you're okay with that. Like you have that faith. Now I am. Yeah. But when you were younger, I was younger. Yeah. And just feeling guilty. I think, and that, I think, probably comes from my projector self but also just childhood stuff of like okay when you're not and American society but like if you're not working you're lazy or whatever so I think as a kid that would make me feel almost I would get sick like the burnout kind of stuff a lot like Mm -hmm. just trying to work too hard so that's something I'm 
but was trying to work through is not pushing myself too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I like that's to do huge. stuff. <laughs> yeah, and projectors, I have lots of ideas. Projectors really that is a big risk is the burnout, and that's I was on disability for seven years and. Um, went off of it and started working full time again a couple years ago because I was like I, I I I hate this I hate being this young and being on disability like I felt like my life was over even though I was doing other things just knowing that the government thought that I was sick enough that I needed that it made me feel like I couldn't do hardly anything but I was like screw that I'm gonna work on just getting better and um, I really did kind of do a lot of healing, um, and experienced a lot of physical healing, but I do still, I'm still a projector that doesn't change, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, so I definitely can't do a projectors, no 40 hour work weeks. We are definitely not designed for the 40 hour work week. Um, and, and there, that was one of the things that really helped me heal a lot of that guilt of, being told I was lazy or why can't you just work like everyone else and do the same sorts of things as everyone else. And it was like, you know, my dad thought I was being dramatic when I told him if I have to work a 40 hour job, I am not going to be alive. Like I will leave. (laughs) I can't do that. I just can't, you know? And he's like, Oh, you're being dramatic. I was like, no, I'm not being dramatic. I cannot do that. That's like, I literally cannot exist way too much, way too much. And I think it's because the, you know, people talk about empathy and like, um, uh, shielding yourself, you know, and I, I know that we can do that to a certain extent, but our very nature is to really just reach into everything. So almost anything, if we have to do it too much is going to be way too much for a projector. So we really are designed to be able to go out into the world, go out and interact, but also really have that downtime when needed and and have that flexibility. Yeah, to, the flexibility is like essential for me. Like yeah. when I don't have that, I get anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it. I think, yeah, it's not, it's learning to not, let the way that other people live their lives like dictate the way that I have to live mine yes and that's that's connected to you being a projector but it's also connected to some of these channels that you have defined Mm -hmm. um so for example and also your um like your uh um authority so your authority is let me go is the self-projected authority um is that something that you remember learning a little bit about when you had your other readings? Your, I don't think so. Okay. So, you know how I do remember were... like the talking about the investigating thing and we oh, did yeah. talk That's about post- like my digestion, like yeah. something to do with like how I eat. Yeah. And like how I best am productive. And so, mm, like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so you know how the strategy is to wait for invitation, then your authority is 
how you make those decisions of really knowing what is right for you. So it's like, you're waiting for the invitation for different opportunities, whether that's energetic or someone actually inviting you to do something. Um, but how you decide what is right for you is that's your authority. So the authority is how we actually decide, is this opportunity right for me? Because projectors are gonna get tons of invitations one way or another, but we still have to determine, is it the right one for me? And that's where the authority comes in. That's what that's all about. And so for yours, it's self-projected. So what that means, it's actually oh, really cool. You're, you're, the, you're the first one I've met with this authority. It's really cool. Um, I don't think it's terrible. It's actually, I had read that it wasn't very common because I was not very familiar with it. I was like, what? I've never even heard of this. Honestly, never even heard of it. Seven <laughs> years of studying human design. And I was like, that's interesting. I, I've never met a self-projected projector. So what this means. <laughs> That's funny to me though. I feel like <laughs> for me, just because I am very independent, which can be to a fault sometimes. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I have to listen to myself. Of course I do. <laughs> but that's kind of good because all of, like seriously all of your channels here that are defined are literally talking about doing your own thing and really a lot about um like you don't take you might like study other things like other religions or spiritual practices but it's not like you follow them 100% you ultimately are really finding things from within you. And, um, and a lot of it's like from your experience, um, a lot of like these, like one of these channels here um, was talking about how you learn from your experiences and also the experiences of others and you help others avoid the same mistakes. So for example, if you experienced something and you became almost a, expert on not doing that again you can really help people not do that in the first place because you've already lived that but not just what you've lived what other people have so you might enjoy like or you might just naturally remember things that happen like history or you might read history and be like dude we can't do this again like learn from the past you're going to be that person that's like i remember that this didn't go down well when you guys did this like we can't let that happen again that's one of your that natural things yeah <laughs> and so both like it could be things that happen to you personally or that you've just witnessed and observed or learned about um and you really are a teacher and a like a leader there's so much leader energy here and leading by example um, the only thing that I really saw that was something to be aware of is to, um, and I, I don't really, from what I know of you, I don't think this is so much an issue now. Maybe it was in the past, but as long as you don't get caught up thinking that you have the one true answer, <laughs> like don't become a cult leader. Yeah. Um, as, as long as you don't do that. <laughs> not in my, um, not in this lifetime, but maybe in another past life. <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't start thinking that you have like the one thing that will work for everyone or that has to be like the only truth, 
then you're fine. Because that's really the only major risk here is that sort of thinking. And that's really if you're in your what's called the not self. And that's basically when you're operating from who you aren't rather than operating from who you are, you know? So as long as you're really in your authenticity, then that's not so much a worry. But yeah, there's a lot of leading by example energy here. One of these channels is talking about um, how you inspire people. Inspiration is actually the name of the channel and how just, yes, that beautiful things. And it's, it's like, so it can be what you say. um, It can be like what you teach and what you speak about. But, um, and a lot of times it is, but it's also very much about just how you are. There's a lot of stuff about how you are very um, tranquil. Tranquility kept was showing up a lot in a lot of these channels so that no matter what life is throwing at you and what's going on, like you have a very tranquil and calm energy. And so, especially the people that see the craziness that goes on because um, I think like on TikTok, for example, we don't necessarily know the drama that goes on in your life, but for the people that do are, are aware of that and they see the way you are in that drama, that's what's inspiring for people. They are seeing like, wow, how is she doing this? And they may, that may um, trigger people to ask you and like seek out your, your work, like helping, you you know, they might be like, how do you do it? Teach me. Um, So that can happen, but also just people knowing you and observing you in regular day-to-day life. Like you help people by how you are living life, just who you are naturally. That was a big other thing I was talking about is that you don't really have to do any specific thing in this life. Um, it's just you being the way you are in your life that can be very profound, but you do have also a lot of energy here about actually being a very uh, powerful leader. Um, there was something I wanted to look here. Uh, oh yeah. Spontaneous insights. Where was it? I put, I put a few different notes that I wanted to make sure I didn't forget. Where is that one? That's that. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, so, tranquil. Okay, so that 1020 channel, that's the one dealing with being tra- very tranquil and leading by example and being very inspiring. Oh, right yes, exactly. Um, and then, and a lot of that also, so this is where like the centers come into play. You know, the center here is the yellow one down below that's that's your identity so one big thing is that this is something you're really lucky about um is that you have a defined identity center so that means that um you have the ability to actually know who you are because your identity and who you are at its core is defined it is structured it is unchangeable it will not change it cannot change <laughs> you might that's think, very true <laughs> you might think it has changed there may have been times where you didn't even know who you were because you may have had a lot of um you were very influenced by the open stuff 
You have people around you or situations where you might have forgotten who you are. But when you are, but who you are cannot change. You are not changeable. Um, someone that has an open one like myself actually is changeable. And then we have our own drama with that. Me, like, <laughs> who am I? You know, and that is very changeable. So you're, I think, you know, I'm glad I have what I have. But I think people with a defined center, uh, identity center, it's easier for some things for you because when you're connected to that, there's no doubt in your mind, you know exactly who you are, what you stand for, what's important to you. There's no wavering. Um, and look at how many of those circles you have defined. Yeah, Literally all except for one. <laughs> that's so interesting. That yeah. makes sense to me. That makes a lot of yeah. sense to me. So all that stuff you were saying about um, like always having to do it your own way and all of that, that's coming to this because your way is your way. Nobody else. There might be similarities, but it's your way, you know, and that, and that's how it has to be. Like, that's how it should be. Um, but you do have elements in here where you can work with other people for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I love to collaborate and, and on, you know, the podcast and other things, like I love yeah. to be able to, um, like share ideas with people and then, yeah. you know, in my private sessions, but I very much, I think in my day-to-day life, mm-hmm. I must do things a certain way, even if it takes me, if it's more complicated than mm-hmm. it needs to be, I'll still do it that way just because that's the way I'm, that, I, that I like it to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's how it should be because some of the things here, we're talking about how sometimes, you know, you might like, you may even have people around you that tell it, try to tell you like, oh, that's stupid. Why are you wasting so much time doing that? You know, they may say whatever, but it's really important for you to just hold on to that understanding of knowing that like, whatever, they don't understand and that's okay. They don't understand why you do what you do, but as long as you know that that's okay and that you need to just go with what you feel is the way you need to do things then you shouldn't, hopefully you won't be too bothered by what anyone says, because really it comes down to not understanding. I think a lot of times that's why um, I, I, my youngest daughter lives with me still, and um, she has certain ways of doing things that are drastically different than the way I do things. And sometimes, you know, you may not understand why, but you just got to be like, okay, Obviously, there must be a reason why you want to do it that way. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a lesson for me is to let people do it their way instead of mm-hmm. having to want to control everyone. I yeah. think that's a, a healing for me. Because I see, I'm like, oh, this is a, that's what you're talking about too before. Like, mm-hmm. this is the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so letting people, yeah, have make their own decisions. That's something I yeah. continuously try to work on. Cause yeah. And I don't really have a problem with that, like with my clients or anything, but more mm-hmm. just in my family, sure, like sure. interpersonal relationships. Yeah. It's harder to, to let mm-hmm. let go sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And especially as a projector, it's really hard because a lot of times we see things that other people are unaware of. Like we see people's blind spots and things they may not even be aware of, but unless a person asks, 
it's like that unsolicited advice. And we are very prone to giving it until we really heal and recognize like, okay, that's not working. Um, Because, oh boy, projectors will get like the worst backlash. I think more than anyone when we give unsolicited advice, uh, maybe because it's so true. It's like, we are speaking the truth, but it is definitely a truth they don't want to hear. Yeah, Um, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I was just going to say with the one thing to keep in mind that may help you uh, on accepting other people's ways of being is that just like you, have a very specific identity and way of interacting with the world, they too probably have a very specific one. And you wouldn't want someone to ever say yours was the wrong way. So (laughs) even though (laughs) yours may be vastly different than theirs, they still have one that's right for them. Yeah. Yeah. I have to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I'm just going to ask a couple more quick questions about the chart and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Um, So one thing as we're looking at this, I'm curious about how, if we're, we're seeing there is a black and a red line in the centers. Good question. um, What exactly does that? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Black and the red. Yeah, sure. That's important at all. Oh, it is definitely, definitely. So if you look here on the right hand side of the chart where it says personality and you see all those numbers in black. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then you see design on the left, all in red. So the personality is based uh, on the black um, is based on your actual birth time. So that's more like your astrology chart. It's based on your actual time of birth. And this is going to be the elements of yourself that you're consciously aware of. So it's things like, so when you see like a uh, channel there that's in black, um, you're going to, those sorts of elements, like that gate is going, remember the gate is the numbers. Those things are going to, that energy of that gate is going to be, you're going to be aware of it. You're going to read about it and you're going to be like, oh yes, I'm definitely like that. Um, whereas the ones that are in red are more so um, dealing with your design, which is oftentimes called your subconscious or your unconscious self. But what it really is, is the consciousness of your body. So for people that are really tuned into their body, they may actually be aware of some of this. I, I've been aware of some of it, um, but I, I have a lot of earth energy and I do a lot of very tuned into the body, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's based on your bodies. That's almost like your body's, um, kind of like your body's birth chart in a sense, but it's actually based on where the sun was 88 days before you were born. Oh, so that's wow. using a whole different time and date, um, or different date, I should say. So, yeah. Um, so the red, a lot of times people will think of that as unconscious, uh, elements. So a lot of times, like say, like, for example, you have the 13 gate uh, in red. So that aspect, you don't really necessarily perceive as being a part of who you are, because it's a part of who your body is, but it's not really a part of who your uh, more outward personality, like who you're aware of, you know, when you think of who grace is, 
that's probably not something you think of as part of who Grace is, but it actually is part of who you are. And it's actually a very natural part. A lot of times the parts of ourselves that are our body kind of just kind of do their thing no matter what, um, because, because we're not aware of them. It's just like almost like a instinct or a physical characteristic that we just are that way. Um, whereas our personality, I think because we're aware of it, it's sometimes a little easier for us to try to twist it and, you know, we self-talk, negative self-talk and stuff, you know, like, oh, maybe I'm not really like that or not yeah. so much. Yeah. So I, I think of the body, the red stuff as being a lot more consistent in some ways, but really they all are, you know, um, that's just my personal observation, but yeah, that's what that is. Wow. Cool. That's oh, so and interesting. Then, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Um, one other thing I just wanted to mention about that is when you see the red and the black together in a channel, that means that you have it both in your personality and in your body's design. So that so like means, this one, like the 15, yes, I have both. Exactly. So you would have that um, you're aware of it and also your body has it. Um, one thing I've noticed about human design is sometimes some, some practitioners tend to favor the red ones uh, more than the black ones, but I think that's kind of strange. I don't know. <laughs> like the... But I think um, they're both equally important, but it is nice because the thing with the red uh, design ones, the body's design is because we're not aware of it. Um, I mean, it's there, but it's like, if you're not aware of it, you can't always, it feels sometimes like you can't make the best of it or the most of it. So I really like when I see the red and the black because you naturally have that energy and you're also aware that you have that energy. Mm. So you can oh, really so like, of those. use it. Yes. You have a lot of them. Oh, interesting. So that's actually, that's really super good. I think. Yeah. Mm. Now I'm thinking just like thinking, but mm -hmm. I'm just it's thinking cold. about like how the, if this red part is influenced by our like subconscious, like our, you know, us, in you know pre-birth what is that mm -hmm. called gestation I forget yeah <laughs> um when we're in the womb time. like I wonder if you know the energy of our mother you know if that affects the development of this body at all mm -hmm. and like ancestral I mm -hmm. connections and things like that yeah that would be really it's that's a thing to think about <laughs> for sure I saw a video the other day talking about how when our grandmothers, our maternal grandmothers were carrying our mothers, that a part of us was present because yes, of the follicles. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back. Scientifically, I think they said 12 generations. There'll oh, be wow. like an aspect of that wow. follicle in the whatever wow oops <laughs> that's so interesting that's so fast it used to be they used to say seven and now they say 12 oh, but really? I don't know like the actual I don't know who put that study out there but oh wow it makes sense to me like uh -huh. and then just thinking about all of our societal stuff how that's mm -hmm. influenced by that yeah 
Yeah, it's really interesting. And one thing is like, you know, if you study some more, um, and I mean, you can always reach out to me, of course, and ask me any questions you have. I love helping people, um, especially if they have a specific question about something. But when you're, and also for the people listening, you know, when you find out what your different channels are that are defined, that's a really good place to start because it's going to show you what those natural innate abilities are. Those are like your little, like, um, kind of like your secret weapon, you know, it's like these aspects and some people have, um, none defined and some people have many and, you know, so the ones that are colored in that are defined, they're really going to be like that energy that you can basically pull out of your pocket and utilize no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. So they're really a very big part of who you are. And even for the ones that are empty, that's like your chameleon energy. That's where you can really be very changeable depending on different situations and people, which definitely can be very beneficial to be able to relate to people and situations and adapt, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's perfect. Cause that's kind of what I was going to ask you, like for people who are just pulling up their chart, like what is a good place to start? So yeah. kind of starting with some of your channels, exploring that, and then mm-hmm. maybe seeing how like the centers and stuff, how they each yeah. of them are open or not open. And then maybe diving into um more in depth with the numbers and stuff because I feel like the numbers is a whole nother thing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah we yeah, didn't that, get into but we'll get into that's it a lot <laughs> another time sure. um yeah so yeah. I would say number one first step is if you're gonna say going it doesn't matter where you're getting your free chart there's gonna be somewhere on there where it's gonna tell you what your type is and your profile um and and with that information, it's usually going to show you what your uh, authority is and your strategies. So, um, so for example, you if you find out you're a projector, you can look up and see, you know, what is the a um, a strategy for projectors, and then you can read about that. So you're going to learn about waiting for the invitation. Um, and then you're going to want to look up your authority. So for example, here on graces, it's self self projected projector under type. And so that self projected part, that is her authority. She's self projected. That is the authority. What is yours? Emotional. Yeah. So for me, I have to wait through these different valleys of emotions where if I hear about something and I'm like, Oh, that sounds awesome. I really need, if it's a big decision, I need to wait um, because then a little bit later, you know, usually a few days later or whatever, I might be like, "Mm, I'm not really so sure about that. I might feel really negative about the opportunity. And so I need to go through that high and low to get to more of a neutral place where I'm like, you know, feeling both all of the different emotions so that I can say like, how do I really feel overall? That's emotional authority. So, yeah, so I would say definitely check out what the um, strategy is first for your type. And that's really easy to find out from Google once you know what your type is, like whether you're a projector, manifester, etc. And then finding out what your authority is. And once you find out those two things, you can really start utilizing the 
strategy and authority, applying it to your everyday life and see, like we call it experimenting uh, with human design. You want to start implementing those sorts of ways of interacting with life and see like experiment like a scientist how does this impact my life am i noticing changes um what am i feeling and you know just explore it and exper- experiment with it play with like it that. basically yeah and then um after that you know once you really feel like you're getting the hang of that then start exploring the different centers and what's defined what's colored in and all of that and that you can really find easily, you can find a lot of info online by, you know, just look at the numbers that are on either side of that channel. And then you can do a search uh, for really easy. You can do like 13 and then 33, and then just type in human design or human design channel. And you will find lots of free information mm-hmm. where you can learn about what it means to have that channel colored in. Cool. Yeah. There's just so, and there's so many blogs, like there's so many things out there. So there's a lot (laughs) Have fun exploring, but I think that's really great one. And I, and two, thank you for sharing a little bit about my chart because that was very helpful for me. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, if people are interested in connecting with you, Mm -hmm. um, we'll share all your info in the show notes so people can Mm -hmm. find you on TikTok. And then if people want to get like a reading mm-hmm. what should they email you mm-hmm. what's the best way to connect um well I'm in the process of revamping my website um opal insights or opal consulting.com and I'll check with you before I put this out because yeah. depending on when it comes out maybe it'll be ready but if not yeah there we go people, that's, that's people can find it um people can yeah. find it find but you on tiktok the- and then when it comes up they can see the site yes that's a very good idea because I yeah I was gonna fix this one thing beforehand um but yeah TikTok if people follow me on TikTok they can always um if we're mutuals then definitely they can message me um but I'm also on Instagram I'm just not as active on Instagram but it's the same username on Instagram so they can send me a message directly on there too yeah yeah and if you guys have specific I know you posted about this on TikTok Mm-hmm. Um, like if people have specific human design questions, you should uh-huh. go to whatever that post was or any post and yeah, comment them. So that way you can yes. share like more specific things. If people have, oh, I have a 13, 24 mm-hmm. and you could give them a yeah. little info. Um, but of course, if people mm-hmm. want to go more in depth, they can get pay you and get full reading. <laughs> um, sure. and we encourage that. So I'll put all your info in there. Anything yeah. else you want to share with us before we close out? Well, just to add to what you were saying, like I would really, I, I really love helping people learn about things. And so definitely I also love income, <laughs> but um, when people post on my TikTok and ask about certain things, even if it's not super specific, even if they just want to know more about their type. Like I want to know more about manifestors or more about this emotional authority or that authority. Um, it, it helps everyone because when you post a question asking something, there's always going to be other people that have that same question and it's going to really benefit them too. So please always, you know, feel free if you're hearing this or watching to really reach out because we really do want to talk about these things and help you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's helpful too, like as a whatever consumer of content 
to be able to see like, okay, this is a, yeah, the question I also have. And mm-hmm. maybe I didn't realize I had that question, but the mm-hmm. video answered the question I was asking. Yeah. So you never know. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's well, so nice to talk fun. to you. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. And I appreciate all the information. Yeah, sure. And feel free if you want to do another podcast at some point, I'd be happy to. And there's, yeah, there's so much in more <laughs> in depth. So yeah, I would love that. Cool. Well, thank you very much. I'm gonna, um, yeah, I'll share everything in mm-hmm. the show notes so people can find you, connect with you. And mm-hmm. if people want to dive more into human design and they have specific questions mm-hmm. for the podcast, yeah, <laughs> send your questions my way. And that, and mm-hmm. if I get some, I love to do like Q and A episodes. So if I get some mm-hmm. questions and stuff, that would be a, yeah. a fun a fun thing for us to do to kind of go into what people are curious about because I think this was really helpful like kind of like basic like okay what am I even looking at and then from there I think it will help people like kind of shake out those questions like oh okay like now I know what this is but what is this other thing (laughs) yeah yeah and I would say the other thing just to add is that maybe someone's interested but they don't know where to start as far as like what should I even ask about um you can always ask about a topic of your life so if you're wondering about like job opportunities or what might be a good work environment for you or how should you know if there's some area that you're struggling with um, a lot of times understanding some element of your human design chart can definitely help make it you know less difficult or you know, help you work on something or understand something in your life. Yeah. Cause just like with astrology, it's like, we can look at the basic chart to understand our personality, like our behaviors, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But then we can also use it in tandem with our life. So I think that's a good reminder for people. That's not just about kind of like analyzing ourselves. Like we can apply it Mm -hmm. to other things. Yes. Yes, because yeah. I, I yeah definitely want to bring it down to like the world level of, you know, it's cool to understand these things on like a spiritual level, but definitely want to help actual lives get better, you know, yeah, for sure. Amazing. Yeah, well, thank you. You're welcome. This and is fun. we thank will you. see y'all in the next episode. <laughs> well, Bye. for listening to the angel face magic hour to support the show you can donate to us through the link in our show notes please give us a rating and a review a little five star magic on apple and spotify this allows our voice to be shared to the greater public i love you guys so much i will see you next week follow us on instagram at angel face and dot grace See you next week.